GreatHomeLoan.com. All of your home loan needs, that is where it begins. That is where it ends. That's where it even continues on. I had, years ago, began my process at IWantAGreatHomeLoan.com. And it was a few years after that, proactively... Uh, someone from the the team reached out and said, "Hey, you know, we just well, you know, we kind of keeping tabs on what's going on with things. And and if you want to refinance, this is what it looked like and get a lower interest rate. And I actually went from I think a thirty to a twenty or fifteen, and and, and lowered the payments at the same time. That's something that had it not been for the proactiveness of the character team, I probably wouldn't have known. And so I would still have 10 years more of payments while paying more every month. Um, but for the fact that they called proactively and said, you know, just because of changes in the market and interest rates and everything, uh, here's, here's what can be done. And that's what you get with them. It isn't, okay, well, we're finished with you. Uh, so have a great life. They make sure that they keep updated on that information so if there is a better opportunity for you down the road they at the very least make it available to you make you aware of it so that you can make that decision i want a great home loan.com because you do the new york times had their event recently that's getting headlines mostly because of elon musk telling advertisers that they can go F themselves as opposed to him allowing them to blackmail him. This is the New York Times Deal Book Summit. One of the other individuals that, in terms of intellect, would be on the opposite end of the intellectual scale would be our Vice President of the United States, and that is Kamala Harris. And as usual, she provided utter brilliance on the world stage. There were a number of different questions that she was asked. One of the questions that she she was asked was regarding Joe Biden's age. Now, this is a question that continues to get asked over and over again because a disconnect between the Biden people and the rest of the world, especially voters, you have... Even a majority of Democrats that believe Biden is too old. And it isn't the age, it's the behavior. Yet, the much like with the economy, the administration's position on this is just to pretend as if we don't know what we're talking about. So, like everything else they deal with, for example, the border wide open, a tragic mess, they tell us, no, it's secure. Afghanistan, a horrific stain on America, both through, uh, you know, just uh, the military, uh, but our reputation and the betrayal of uh, that, that we put upon innocent people who supported us and Americans that still to this day are left behind and we're supposed to just forget about them. Yet they tell us it was a tremendous success. Our economy, I mean, it doesn't matter how loudly the American people scream across the political spectrum that things are not good. They continue to tell us they're better than they've ever been. They're they're better than you can imagine. And you just don't get it. Joe Biden, again, across the political spectrum, clearly there's something wrong with the guy. 
He demonstrates that he's not all there any longer. The Biden administration's position is you don't know what you're talking about. He's sharper. He's just the most brilliant person we've ever met. You just don't know. They they see the true brilliancy. You don't see the brilliance. For whatever reason, perhaps it's the cunning nature that is Joe Biden. He has decided, if you listen to people like Kamala Harris, uh, to, to just pretend as if he is a feeble old man who cannot remember where he is at any given moment or whom it is to which he is speaking at any given moment. But behind the scenes, that's where he rips off the mask of of senility and you know is is fully functional at the very least i'd love that would be the great follow-up question if he is what you say he is behind closed doors why does he act like he does in public so here's the age question posed to kamala harris to the point because it is a point that has been made First of all, I would say that age is more than a chronological fact. I spent a whole lot of time with our president, be it in the Oval Office or the Situation Room and in other places. And I can tell you, as I just mentioned, not only is he absolutely authoritative in rooms around the globe, but in the Oval Office, meeting with members of Congress, meeting with leaders in industry, meeting with community leaders, I will tell you that he is in front of, often, everyone in the room in terms of thinking about how we can resolve issues, negotiate in a way that is about concession where necessary, but for the sake of accomplishment and actual work. So and this is the part that's so hilarious. She she just goes overboard with it. It would be one thing for Kamala Harris to come out and be like, look, you know, Joe Biden, sure, he's not the most articulate guy in the world sometimes, and he fumbles his words, but you know what? That's why he relates so well to the American people. I mean, this is what I would tell my, this is if I were Kamala Harris, I'd be like, here's what you say, dummy. You know the thing about Joe Biden, maybe he's not the most polished guy in the world. Maybe he's a little more regular guy, regular American than a lot of the elites are comfortable with. Yeah, he gets a name wrong once in a while. Yeah, and he tells the same stories over and over again. Sometimes the most beloved people in our lives are that way. But that's why he's so relatable. That's how it is that he's able to get things done. Now, of course, it's BS. But at least if you are a supporter or if you want to believe that Joe Biden's not losing it for the sake of your party, if you're a Democrat or for the sake of the country, that could at least give you something to cling on to. You know, like... You could convince yourself, well, yeah, okay, yeah, and, and and feel a little better at night. But for her to get up there and claim that it behind closed doors, that Joe Biden is the one who he's ahead of everyone else when it comes to brilliance. When the room is filled with all these brilliant minds and world leaders, Joe Biden, she says, is the one. That is ahead of everyone else in coming up with solutions. 
if, if Kamala Harris had ever demonstrated that she had any smarts about her whatsoever, one might even think that she's trying to overplay it in order to not help him. You know what I mean? Like, she knows she has to answer the question, but she also recognizes that she doesn't want people to think that she really thinks he is sharp. So go overboard so people know that you're lying. Because she'd rather be seen as a liar. Well, who's got to protect her boss? She'd rather be seen as that than someone who genuinely believes that he's all there. So you just state it in a way that makes it so clear that you're lying. You don't have to worry about people thinking that you actually believe it. But I don't think she's that cunning. I I mean, she's an idiot, as she has demonstrated. Now, we've got to get a news update and uh, also just weather. The follow-up question is actually a pretty good question. And that is, if there was something wrong with him, would you tell us? He doesn't word it exactly that way. He tries to be a little more artful. Yeah, he's a lefty, of course. But these are questions that even the left, and this is why the left is asking these questions. The journalists continue to ask these questions. because It's not because they really care in the context of leadership for the country, but because they realize this is hurting him. This is hurting his reelection campaigns. So they keep addressing it because they're wanting the White House to fix this. They're giving them opportunities to come up with some better answer that is going to somehow stop the hemorrhaging of support that is based on this. I mean, they're bleeding from so many different areas. This is just one of the many. But nonetheless, so that that's why they keep asking these questions. And so I love the follow-up. Would you tell us if he was, you know, off mentally? And then her answer. So we've got that coming up in moments. The latest news update. Good morning, everyone. I'm Angela Luna. Three healthcare workers were in federal court this week to answer for their roles in an opioid kickback scheme that took place at a small clinic in Nixa. Suzanne Morris, Amber Moshler, and Lily Wynn admitted they played a role in helping Dr. Randall Halley make nearly $100,000 in bribe money for overprescribing a fentanyl strike called Suspies. The three defendants were sentenced to a month of probation and were ordered to pay restitution. Halley was sentenced to one year in prison. Arkansas's Attorney General has rejected a proposed ballot measure to put the right to abortion in the state's constitution. The nonprofit for our people was pushing for the Arkansas Reproductive Health Care Amendment, which, if passed by voters, would allow for abortions up to 18 weeks and later in cases of rape, incest, or if the baby would not survive. The attorney general says the proposed ballot measure's name is, quote, tinged with partisanship and is misleading. From Color 10 Studios, I'm Angela Luna. First alert forecast sponsored by St. Clair of the Ozarks Home Improvements from Color 10 Fox 49 meteorologist Tom Schmidt. Showers and storms expected this afternoon, a high of 52. Showers and storms tonight, 48, mostly cloudy with a slight chance of rain tomorrow morning, high of 52. Yesterday during an event with the New York Times Q&A, Kamala Harris was asked about Joe Biden's age. She talked about how uh, he is the most brilliant that she sees behind the scenes. Uh, what evidently he's decided to hide from the rest of the world, and that is pure brilliance. And in fact, even when it comes to world leaders, not just members of Congress, and there are problems to be tackled, he is the one who leads the solutions. He is leading ahead of everyone else. Uh, So essentially, in her world, 
Joe Biden is not just the smartest man in the room, but in the world. That, that is the pinnacle of bright intelligence right there. She was asked by the moderator, the questioner. You know, well, you'll hear the question here, but it's basically, if there were something wrong with it, would you tell us? <laughs> Let me ask you in a more complicated way. I think a lot of people would say she can't say anything else. She, she couldn't tell if there was a problem. By the way, can I say this is not a more complicated way? It's almost as if, okay, I'm going to try to ask this in a way to get it another, like dumb it down for her just a little bit, but we can't say we're dumbing it down because we don't want to say this woman's an idiot. Uh, and, and so we'll say, oh, well, let me ask it in a more complicated way. This is not a complicated question. I'm not lying. <laughs> if there I'm was telling, a- but, I'm, but I'm telling you a fact. But if there ever is a problem, yeah. do you think that you could go tell the American public? Do you think in your role that you're that you're in a position to do that? Of course, if necessary, but there's no need for that. I don't there is a political argument that is being made that is not based on substance. And you're asking me to hypothesize around what are my duties to the American people as vice president of the United States that are based on ethics and morals and the law. I will always follow those rules. But I am suggesting to you that it is important we not be seduced into one of the only arguments that that side of the aisle has right now on this issue in a way that is a t- is intended to distract from the accomplishments. Okay. Yeah. She's a laugh riot. She really is. It's funny because the moments that she says things that are actually worthy of laughter are the few moments she's not breaking into cackling herself. <laughs> well, she I, and even preceding that last <laughs> comment about all the accomplishments, um, she she's like, this is the only thing that Republicans have to get. Um, well, not if you look at polling. Let's see. There's the border. There is Afghanistan, or not Afghanistan. There, well, there, yeah, there was Afghanistan. Uh, the way that the president is dealing with the situation in Israel, uh, the way that he's dealing with the situation in Ukraine, the economy, of course, is a big one. I, there is not a list. There's not an item this guy's winning on. So to claim uh, the only issue they have, mm, no, and you know what? How often do you actually even hear Republic? I mean, Trump will kind of make fun of him a little bit, but Republicans, this is not what they're out there talking about when it comes to Joe Biden. They're not out there leading and talking solely about his age. That's just everybody else in the world. That's the American people. 99% of the time when you hear Republicans making political attacks against Biden, it's the economy, it's the border, it is the the apparent conflicting uh, forces within the Democrat Party that are leading to them not standing firmly behind Israel. It is the blank checks that are being given to Zelensky. It is the lifting of oil sanctions on Iran, uh, funding terrorism, 
It is the, um, you know, lifting of sanctions on Venezuela. It's the lifting of sanctions on basically anybody that's a bad player, a dictator, or or a terrorist organization. Uh, you know, it's the economy. It is crime. It is the border. I, and the, it's corruption. It's bribery. This is what Republicans are talking about. So for when Kamala Harris is up there saying, well, this is the only thing that Republicans even have. It's hardly ever. Republicans that are the ones bringing up and talking about his age. And I'm not saying that it doesn't get referenced every once in a while when it's on full display that the guy's got problems. Uh, But the reason this is talked about is because of the way he acts and because average Americans see it. And then they get on social media and memes are created about it. Continue to live in your world of delusion and just continue to tell us that... uh, the emperor has these beautiful clothes for us all to observe. Springfield's Talk 104. When we'll hear some of the brilliance of Joe Biden also coming up before the show's over as he was in Colorado. Uh, he referred at one point to Donald Trump as Congressman Trump. So, as usual, he's on point. The world was treated to Kamala Harris very convincingly explaining that Joe Biden is not only not suffering from any sort of mental decline, but that he is the sharpest of world leaders, that when world leaders are in a room, and she's seen this, she says, she sees this daily, uh, that whenever there are issues with Congress, he is the one who is ahead of everyone else when it comes to solutions, when it comes to world issues. And and world leaders are in a room together. It is Joe Biden that all eyes turn to. (laughs) I this is what she's has said. This is that man yesterday in Colorado. Instead of cutting him or like Congressman Trump and Bope were going to do. <laughs> in Bope. Bope. So Trump is now a member of Congress and I he's obviously trying to talk about um Congresswoman Bobert. Bobert. Instead of cutting him, or like Congressman Trump and Bob were going to do. Cutting what? Instead of cutting him, or like Congressman Trump and Bob were going to do. He also was talking about uh, the leader of China. I've said this, and I said this to Deng Xiaoping in the Himalayas, and I've said this to every world leader. It's never, never, never been a good bet to bet against the American people. Never, never, never. Now, the part of that that's relevant is he actually, when if you listen here, and say, he doesn't say Xi, uh, Xi Jinping. He's talking about Deng Xiaoping, and, and that was the leader of China in the 70s and 80s. So this is another one of these instances in which he apparently, and again, not uncommon, people with dementia or Alzheimer's, that they, you know, they the memories they have that they think were more recent are actually from 20 or 30 years ago. Uh, this is why oftentimes he references people as being alive when they're dead or he talks about, you know, he's even a few times referred to himself in the present tense as a senator or he's miscounted his grandkids by two or three. And it, all of these mistakes seem to reference a time in which if he were saying it 20 years ago or 30 years ago, it would have been accurate. And and we see this consistently and now referencing the the leader of China from the 70s and 80s as if it were the leader today is consistent with that. 
Springfield's Talk 104.1. I'm Nick Reed. First alert forecast from Color 10 Fox 49 meteorologist Tom Schmidt. Showers and storms this afternoon, a high of 52. Showers and storms tonight, 48, mostly cloudy with a slight chance of rain tomorrow morning, high of 52. Uh, regarding Kamala Harris on the American Transmissions talk and text line, uh, I fail to see the humor in knowing this woman is a heartbeat away from the presidency. Look, I get it. I No, I know. And I don't know. I know there must be. There, there's got to be some sort of term uh, that is psychological in nature, the condition of humans that when dealing with trauma over a consistent period of time that the if, and it i think it's evolutionary or or something given to us by god frankly humor uh in order to survive it this is how it is that people perhaps in law enforcement or you know that that see th- or in the military that uh, they after years of seeing horrific things develop a sense of humor around things that most people would find horrific. And it's a, it's a human defense mechanism. And so, yeah, no, I 100% ultimately in the context of reality and the implications, it is not funny that Kamala Harris is a heartbeat away from the presidency, but there is that human defense mechanism that God has given us in order to deal with these sort of horrors uh, that we have to deal with in life. And one of those is the potential presidency of a Kamala Harris, uh, given the the nature of Biden's age and just health and, and so forth. So I, I don't disagree with you, but, uh, you know, at the same time, this is why uh, one of the reasons I think God gave us laughter is to get through very, very, very difficult times. Bill Igle, running for governor. Joins us this morning. How are you, sir? Hey, good, Nick. Uh, I'm doing well, although a little bit less well since you've been talking about the possibility of Kamala Harris being president. Well, we were, you know, yesterday we, we were playing audio earlier and she was at this New York Times deal where they interview different, I guess, thought leaders. <laughs> but Elon Musk was one of them, and he's getting a lot of attention for good reasons. Um, yep. And, and yep. But but she was asked about Biden's age, and she just I mean, it went on and on about how he literally is the most brilliant person, the most brilliant leader, how he comes out. And uh, it's it just we were laughing about how absurd some of her statements were. And, and I was responding to a text message, which is accurate that, uh, you know, he's like or who, he or she, whomever sent it in. I could fail to see what's so funny about the fact this woman's a heartbeat away from the White House. And, it, yeah, it's not funny, like genuinely funny. It's just sometimes you break as a human and you laugh about macabre things. And so. Right. <laughs> that's, right. that's where if, we if are. If we weren't laughing, we'd be crying. If yeah, we laughing, well, that's right. That is, that's right. Hey, I wanted to ask you, one of the um, uh, news items that's made the round of the last day or so is this um, suggestion or attempt by State Rep Chris Dinkins uh, calling for a ban on refugees from Gaza out of fears that, you know, Maybe some terrorist will take advantage of that and and come here to the United States. Uh, Governor Parson, he's said that you know essentially uh, that this person doesn't know what they're talking about, and and plus there's nothing I can do about it as governor. Anyhow, we can't just up and move people. The feds can put them anywhere they want. Although 
I think Governor Abbott and DeSantis has proven otherwise that you can take people, <laughs> individuals that are not legally in the country or that have come here uh, by the, the welcome wagon laid out by the Biden administration. And they're like, well, guess what? We'll put you over here instead. So some governors have demonstrated that, yeah, you can do that. What are your thoughts on that? Well, let's kind of set, set this up. I mean, what what uh, the representative is talking about is, you know, right now our attorney general, uh, Andrew Bailey, is part of a lawsuit against the federal government and the Department of Homeland Security, who are right now trying to resettle illegal immigrants uh, into the states. They're trying to give these illegal immigrants a special status under the rules that they're creating. Uh, interestingly, the rules that they're creating, not legislation, not law that's being passed by Congress, which is why our attorney general is suing them in the first place. So uh, in a very real sense, Joe Biden and his and his folks up there in, in Washington, D.C. are trying to resettle illegal immigrants in Missouri and other states. And so, uh, you know, the, the governor has uh, a pretty big role to play in this process if that governor decides that their state is not going to be a place where illegal immigrants are welcome. I mean, it's already against state law uh, to be to, to be a sanctuary city or a sanctuary location that accepts illegal immigrants in the state of Missouri. And as you just said, Nick, we've got other governors around the country, Greg Abbott, uh, others, Ron DeSantis, who are being kind of taking bold action and uh, taking it upon themselves uh, to remove illegal immigrants from inside their borders. And I think a very basic question uh, that ought to be answered by our governor is why isn't our governor doing the same thing? And, and instead of being, you know, kind of taking those bold positions, we have Mike Parson out there who's kind of making excuses. Uh, he's he's going around saying, "Well, you know, there's nothing we can do, and we don't have uh, the authority." You know, I don't think I, I don't. First of all, that's not true. And secondly, I don't think that kind of attitude is what the people of the state are looking for. I mean, illegal immigrants are having a huge cost. Uh, to the state of Missouri and other states. In fact, the cost of every illegal immigrant is about $1,000 per household. So that's about in total because there's a, there's estimated to be about fifty to 51,000 illegal, illegal immigrants in the state of Missouri right now. There's that, That's about a $2.3 billion annual cost to the taxpayers of this state for Mike Parson not to be doing anything. And, you know, to put that in perspective, let us not forget the value of every one of the personal property tax bills that you and I are going to be paying this week is about $1.7 billion statewide. So, you know, it's costing us as a state the price of all of our personal property tax bills just to maintain all the illegal immigrants that are in this state. And so uh, in a very real sense, folks want to know, why isn't Mike Parson going to do anything? And, you know, as we go into 2024, I'm out there talking about this issue. I would declare the illegal immigration crisis in this state for what it is, an invasion under Article 4 of the Missouri Constitution, which would then give me as the governor the authority to take care of this problem like a Ron DeSantis or like a Greg Abbott. But instead, we're not getting anything from Mike Parson. And by the way, what are we hearing from uh, the guys I'm running against uh, to be the next governor? What are we hearing from Jay Ashcroft? Nothing. What are we hearing from Mike Kehoe? Nothing. So there, there is a great frustration with kind of the status quo, this establishment in the state of Missouri. I think folks are just looking for better. Talking with Bill Igo running for governor. There's a question that I often ask, and, and I realize as I sit here, I think sometimes I, I ask it almost as a standard cliched question but I, I really am genuinely curious w what are you hearing from people and the, the reason that I 
ask this is not just because that's the sort of question they ask, but with the Republican Party, to me, it seems as if the the people who are running it don't get what is going on with average average Republicans. And I think that's just demonstrated in their um, perception of Trump and this idea they think that well, we can get somebody else. And, you know, they're looking some, at least in the Republican Party, they're looking for this magic person that all of a sudden is going to make Republicans abandon Trump. And and just some of the things that they they seem to think that Republican voters in particular are interested in. It just seems like they're they're just not connected. They don't understand it. And I'm wondering when people find out that maybe they go to an event or or you're somewhere shaking hands and oh, I'm Bill Igo I'm running for governor what is, what is it that you genuinely are hearing people say to you what is it that they are unsolicitedly saying you know it's one thing when you have a list of topics right and mm-hmm. and and you know newspapers or whatever or the RNC will send out a thing and it's a list of topics and which of these are important to you because that sort of leads people oftentimes but i'm curious when somebody it's off the top of their head it's unprovoked and they they talk to you about a concern what what is that what is it you're hearing uh, i'm hearing uh, frustration disappointment and anger you know, all of those things, wherever I go. So I, I've been traveling around the state uh, for more than a year now, talking to Republicans in our cities, uh, St. Louis and Kansas City, in our suburbs, in our rural, our farming communities. And it's the same message. They're disappointed and frustrated that Republicans in Jefferson City, one, aren't doing the things that they always promise they'll do in campaign season. But more than that, they're looking – I mean, they turn their TV on in the morning, and they see – and we've already mentioned it. They see a Greg Abbott or a Ron DeSantis mm-hmm. doing other big things in other big red states. You know, They see those states growing. They see things getting better in those states while Missouri falls behind, even though – we actually have more Republicans in our state capital than any of those states have in their state capital. And so they're frustrated. There's this sense that uh, Republicans are going down to Jefferson City after saying all these great things in campaign season and then just kind of assimilating into a status quo. They couldn't care less about the fact that this week all of us are going to have to go pay three or four hundred dollars to our local government for the crime of owning a car and personal property tax. That uh, in, in, in many of in almost every area of the state, the assessments on our on our real estate uh, for our regular property taxes are up 30 uh, percent. That government has never been bigger. The, the outcomes in our schools are terrible, even though we've never sent more money uh, to our right. schools. Uh, and now we have the, the, the illegal immigrants coming in and our governor can't even. Uh, get over himself enough to say, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to tackle this issue and I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to do something about it. And so there's a tremendous amount of frustration. And I think it's very well justified. I've been in Jefferson City in the state Senate for the past seven years fighting against this kind of status quo. And I've got two children and I want them, those children to to not just find opportunity in America. I want them to find opportunity in Missouri. And I think we could if the Republicans in Jefferson City would do a better job making good of the promises they make to these the people of the state versus just assimilating the status quo. I mean, Mike Parson last week goes on radio uh, in in Kansas City and says, you know, you know these these people that are angry. I'm paraphrasing. These people like that are angry, like Bill Igel, they don't know what they're talking about. Missouri's in the best shape of any state in the country. He actually said that. Missouri is stagnating behind most other states right now. We have a governor telling the people how good things actually are. 
So there's there's this huge disconnect between what Jefferson City and literally the rest of the state. And I'm out there, and I think one of the reasons I think my message is resonating with a lot of folks is because I'm the only guy for governor that's acknowledging, hey, we are doing not such a great job with what we've been charged by the people. I'm going to start kicking over these apple cards from the governor's office. I've been doing it from the state senate, but I'm going to do this as the leader of the state. And, you know, I want Ron DeSantis to turn on his TV. I've said this before. I want Ron DeSantis or Greg Abbott to turn on their TV and say, man, Look at all the great things going on in Missouri. How do we be more like them? That's the Missouri I'm talking about. And folks are angry because that isn't who we are right now. Uh, uh, Last question for Bill Eigel and then any final thoughts that you have. I I know people, they hear what you say, and a lot of people, it resonates with them. They like it. And then they say to themselves, yeah, but I've heard this before by some of the very people who get elected, and then they Mm. are the problem. So... How is it that you convince people, yeah, but I'm different? (laughs) Well, the the first thing I'll say is one of the things, whenever the day comes that I'm going to be out of politics, I'm going to walk away with uh, uh, my my head held high knowing that I was exactly who I promised to be. And the difference between myself and maybe other folks that have gone and said the right things, but then done the wrong things is for the past seven years, I have been that person in the state Senate. In fact, Nick, right now, there is no one, I would argue there is nobody in Jefferson City that is more hated by the special interest and more hated by uh, the status quo than I am. And it's because they know I have made a, I have made a living for the past seven years making them miserable, making the status quo miserable, being unafraid to call out uh, our own governor. I mean, none of the other candidates are are willing to stand up and say, hey, you know, our own governor has been wrong on a lot of things. And even though he's a Republican, we've got to hold him accountable. Well, here, let me ask you. I'm willing to do that. You know, I said that was the last question, but you just you roll me into another one here. Okay. So, uh, (laughs) well, and, you know, a lot of times you talk to somebody and you feel like they're they're kind of willing to be unvarnished and then you think mm-hmm. okay well i'll ask these questions so what how is it then you'd describe if you were to be asked i'm really gonna put you on the spot here uh senator lincoln huff and senator mike moon mm-hmm. like, uh, if someone were to ask you like how, how do you describe these people i don't mean personally but just in terms of of the what it is in, that in terms of policy yeah yeah in yeah, terms yeah, of yeah. what they stand for yeah, well, yeah. well uh, i've said this before i mean lincoln huff uh, is a democrat <laughs> I mean, and, and I don't listen. I don't. I don't hold. I don't hold it against people that they have different policy positions than I do. You know, I. I, I have. Uh, I actually have personal friends uh, who are Democrats. So uh, having a different perspective on the role of government, in my mind, doesn't make you a bad person just because you may be wrong on policy. So I don't say this sure. about Lincoln no, Huff out, out of a level of maliciousness. But Lincoln Huff believes in bigger government. Uh, Lincoln Huff uh, ha- has, has a voting record where he has killed uh, bills where we've attempted to protect the Second Amendment. Uh, Lincoln Huff has uh, been against some of the biggest tax reforms uh, that we put uh, into, the, into the chamber. Lincoln Huff is a Democrat. He is, he is I would consider Lincoln a, a moderate Democrat. And uh, he, if you look at the budgets he's passed, nobody has recommended and passed bigger spending budgets than Lincoln Huff. He is a big government uh, center left uh, kind of guy. So uh, Mike Moon, on the other hand, 
I would describe Mike Moon as really a strict constitutionalist. Uh, you know, and you know, I, I have a lot to learn from a guy like Mike Moon, who takes his responsibilities of defending the Constitution incredibly seriously. I mean, if you look at the big, you know, the the bill that uh, Mike championed and sponsored last year was the bill uh, to protect kids from the transgender industry. So, uh, I think that there is a there is a tremendous difference in in philosophy on policy between a Lincoln Huff and a Mike Moon. In fact. If, if uh, I, I, that's probably about as big a golf as you yeah. see uh, in in the chamber, even though both of them are wearing the the, the label of Republican, so uh, it, it it's definitely a big difference. Well, and uh, back to the earlier theme about the Republican Party of Missouri as a whole, when you look at which one of those two is clearly the favorite of the establishment, that tells you, unfortunately, a lot about the state of the party. Yeah. Uh, Bill Igle, hey, listen, I appreciate it. And I, I appreciate you answering that last question in particular. I think a lot of people running for office uh, certainly would be less vague in their or be more vague, rather, less specific in their answer. So uh, I, I appreciate it. And I'm sure we'll talk to you again soon. You bet. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Nick. We'll talk soon. All right. Thank you, sir. Bye, Bill Eigel, everyone. And we've got to get a traffic update here. Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. Uh, the American Transmissions Talk and Text Line question. Can you ask him, talking about Bill Eigel as he runs for governor, about China owning farmland? I apologize. I did not get to that question. In fact, it went long. Um, I... I wanted to ask him that question specifically about Senator colleagues of his, Lincoln Huff, Mike Moon, um, for a couple of reasons. One, just curious his his thoughts on them, but also, um, you know, a lot of people when they're running for office, they don't want to alienate people and they're worried about allyships. And and so they will um, soften their answers if if give them at all and and so just answering a question like that in and of itself tells me oftentimes about somebody versus uh those that dance around it and so i i just i i, I don't know i wanted to ask it and it caused us to wrong, run long so i'll uh, hopefully i'll remember to ask that china question uh next time around tomorrow big day kicking it off with our heroes breakfast at scramblers free breakfast thanks to air services heating cooling plumbing electrical serenity honors delta roofing and scramblers so if you're a veteran come on by gonna get yourself some free breakfast then i'm gonna immediately head over to Corwin Ford, uh, Springfield and Republic, and we are going to be getting our transportation for the day as we head out on our uh, journey to stop at different local businesses throughout the day. All of this sponsored by Foreman Mechanical Heating and Cooling, and every location we stop at, we're going to talk with the business owners. We'll do a Facebook Live as well, or somebody that works for the business, and uh, and we'll highlight different items. It may be great Christmas ideas for someone you're looking for. And then at Retro Metro, we're going to have our happy hour. It's a, a private event for you and me, us, KSGF and KSGF listeners, our happy hour. From four to six, and each one of those items, one person will walk away with all of them by the end of the night. Just simple show up, register, have a good time, and then at six, we'll draw. We've got all the details of all of this at KSGF.com. 
Sarah Myers. Thank you. Well, whenever you are in need of a roofing company, there's no better company than the Pyramid Roofing Company. Uh, they have been in service for over 30 years, and they offer everything from commercial roofing, residential roofing, metal roof services, and roof repair. And my favorite thing about Josh and his team uh, is they make the process incredibly simple, but they also make it kind of fun. And I know you're thinking, it's a roof. How fun can that be? But uh, after they discussed repairs, they work with you on color and design, which can really give your home a fresh new look on the outside. And whenever I picked out my roof, we were able to incorporate a 10 roof on my back deck and on my sunroom because that was something that I really wanted. And I couldn't be happier with how it looks. And I love going back there every single time it rains. Now, if you are out there and you're needing a whole new roof or just a simple roof repair, you can give Josh and his team a call today and you can find all of that contact information under the Sarah's Endorsements tab at KSGF.com. We do have Santa's Angels. Um, I, I I know next week we'll be doing a great deal more talking about that and promoting that. Um, it is somewhat overshadowed just because we have such a busy week with um, t- tomorrow's full day of events, stopping at area businesses and uh, Heroes Breakfast and then our Christmas happy hour at Retro Metro. And so we've just had a lot of stuff to talk about. But please don't forget our Santa's Angels. And and this is um, our annual event uh, attempt to get some of the kids in, in most dire situations that just don't generally have people reaching out to them. And and uh, and that's what we try to do. We've got the details of that at KSGF.com, including those tree locations. News in 60 seconds. I'm Nick Reed.